So welcome everyone to the Momolution Podcast. I am very excited to have a special guest that's right here in my neighborhood. Um, someone that we've been crisscrossing for probably decades and didn't even know it. And mm. it's really wonderful when you find someone that's so on the same path as you are, um, not just from a philosophical place, but I would even venture to say a spiritual place that we're here on purpose in this exact moment in time. So Dr. Aaron Lewis, it's such a pleasure to have you on my show here in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And we're going to try to keep this conversation uh, short and sweet, but that's not even possible. We haven't talked uh, for probably a couple weeks, so we have a lot to catch up on. You know, the first thing, we, one thing that brought us together other than you know, having uh, really passionate about children and the education of children and, you know, the state of the world right now is the issue of masks. <laughs> so yes, yes. you had put up a video not too long ago that literally I actually just tried to put it up and, and it's already tagged and we couldn't get it up there. So we're going to find other ways because the censorship wow. is off the charts. But can you share a little bit about that video, the message, and why it's so important that we continue to try to get this out to everyone. Well, I did a video, and I'm, I'm a very objective listener. I'm a very objective and open-minded learner. And so I like to hear all sides of an argument um, because I think that that's just what we ought to do in order to be properly informed. And so the whole issues of masks concerned me. Um, it's not something that I... Um, am going to do or, or enjoy doing. It's something that, you know, does not seem natural for me. I, I personally can't breathe well. I, I personally feel nauseous. I personally feel that, um, you know, that there are things that my body is trying to excrete or to get out that are just simply being recycled. And so I thought to myself, I said, why don't I get an expert to talk about this? And so I, I did. His name is um, Dr. Jim Meehan. That's M-E-E-H-A-N, Dr. Jim Meehan. He's a board-certified medical doctor. Um, and so I figured to myself, hey, if we get an actual medical doctor, who's going to refute what he has to say? Because his opinion should matter since he's practicing in his profession. This guy has done more than 10,000 surgeries, more than 10,000 surgeries. And so his position is that masks are dangerous, that they're very dangerous and that they can lead to death. Um, and, and, and one of his um, uh, theories is that uh, because they're being worn improperly, that they're going to at some point possibly create a, a, a mutated form of a virus that may even be worse than um, uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Wow. And so he's, he's saying that the way that people are wearing the mask is absolutely wrong and ineffective and dangerous. So he went on to talk about how he wears his mask during surgery. And every 20 to 30 minutes, he takes the mask off and throws it in the trash. Mm. And that's pretty much how standard. we're supposed to do. Yeah, it's standard. And if you don't do that, it's going to be contaminating to your body. Right. I mean, people bring this argument up all the time. Well, what about all the doctors and the dental hygienists and everyone that wears masks? But, you know, you just bring up a really good point. They actually know how to wear them well, and yeah. the sterility of it because they're disposing of them. I mean, and we won't even get into like the trash that's yeah. happening because of these masks. Yeah. So we have like that. That issue, as well as the the misuse. I mean, we had Dr. Renette, I mean, not Dr. Renette, Renette um, Sinem, who was the mayor of uh, Nevada City, you know, had actually, she was a painter and she 
actually made herself sick from wearing masks the wrong way. And I think that this is a part of the conversation that people aren't talking about. We have been misguided into, and, and there's a lot of judgment and um, neighbor watching of people that aren't being kind and nice to do the favor of wearing other people the mask. But we're not talking about the damage just from a health standpoint that we're putting in and this idea that there could be another virus plus the fact of what's happening to the children that we're having wear these masks. So to me, that's a, that's a whole other issue of what, what's happening from a psychological perspective of raising children. I mean, I just watched a show or heard a podcast the other day where they're telling the parents to start having their children wear the mask now so they can be used to wearing them in school when people go back to school. This is what they're saying, that these children have to be... Yeah, My daughters dance, scary. and they're saying that they have to dance with their masks on. Yeah, I, I, Honestly, it's buffoonery, but... It's sometimes difficult to speak truth to the masses when the masses, um, some of them want to be blinded to the truth. Some of them are just ignorant. Some of them are innocent. And they just don't know any better. But I mean, as an African-American man, it, it's scary to me because with this same insistence on this is the way you do it. We said do it this way. It's right because we said so. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. That is the same basis for African-American slavery. And when you think about it, that's why slavery persisted, because it was common. It was the status quo. Everybody was doing it. Nobody saw it as wrong. Mm. And then when someone was raised up in the earth to say something's wrong with this, they immediately became the demon. They were demonized. Why? Because you're not allowed to say this is wrong. This is not right. Or we may need to look at this another way. It's the most scary thing I've ever seen in my life. But I'm completely convinced, if never before, that at this point, it's it's a it's an agenda. And, you know, I, I tried my best being an open minded person, being a spiritual leader to try to give balance to the situation and say, you know what, maybe these people that are controlling this narrative, they're not all that bad and that they really don't, you know, um, um, want to hurt people. But I don't believe that anymore. I am completely convinced that there's a prevailing um, a group of people that literally want to control this narrative for their benefit. And, um, and, 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 and the mask is the litmus test to right. prove that this is working. As long as people are, you know, saying, wear the mask, wear the mask. You know, I was even talking with Dr. Jimmy and, and about, you know, in the future, at some point, there's going to be major, major um, um, litigation, and, and rightfully so. I mean, just think about it this way. Um, a person who is a minimum wage earner, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way, because, yeah, I mean, if anybody knows me, I, I, I fight for those that, you know, that make hundreds of millions and, and those that make minimum wage. It doesn't matter to me. But I'm saying that this to, to make a point. So a minimum wage, minimum wage earner at Walmart, let's just go there. Right. Okay. And now that person may or may not have any education whatsoever, but you walk into Walmart and then they're deputized to tell you, you have to wear a mask. So I'm talking with Dr. <laughs> deputized. Yeah, de they are deputized because just, think about it. You just nailed it. Yeah. The governor has deputized common people That's right. to be able to tell you, you have to wear a mask. Now they know nothing about your medical condition. They know nothing about your health status they know nothing about your background mm. absolutely nothing but now that position which 
if this was 10 years ago and I did that, right? I, I have degrees in philosophy. I have degrees in, in, in counseling. I have degrees in publishing. I have degrees in, I have a lot of degrees. I have degrees I have degrees in, I have degrees in Spanish, right? Right, right, <laughs> right? And so I have several degrees, but I don't have a medical degree. So if I would do that, despite that I have seven earned degrees, guess what would happen to me? I could be arrested. And guess what they would arrest me for? For practicing medicine without, without what? A without a license. That's everywhere. It's standard all, all over the United States of America. But now mm-hmm. we have the governors have deputized common people to now practice medicine because when they tell you to wear a mask they're giving you medical advice medical advice and and listen i don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says there's no way to get around that you know um um ellen dertowitz um was arguing that uh the the, the there's debate, oh, yeah. during this debate with um, RFK. Uh, uh, RFK that there's overwhelming evidence that um, um, uh, masks are safe and they help people. First of all, for for him to say he needs to really really just retire today because <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, dude. Just like end at the top of your game because <laughs> well he, you gotta just go. You know what I'm saying because this, just think about that. First of all, for him to say that makes me believe he's a part of this you know controlling state because how can he even say that when this is really the first time that we've had this kind of pandemic now add it pandemic pandemic exactly <laughs> add it to that add it to that i've been to, i've been to 61 countries around the world i've been to china several times there's no place in the world where people have worn masks over the past 20 to 30 years as much as China. No, there's no place on earth. They, it's, it's common for them. And it's associated with mass pollution and smog. It's horrible air quality, particularly in, in Beijing. So they have been wearing masks forever, but yet and still, this disease allegedly came from where? Wuhan, China, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't make any sense because if mask is the panacea, the cure-all, <laughs> they've been doing it for 30 years. So, so no matter who, you know, ate a piece of monkey, <laughs> right? And then they, whatever story you want to believe, they, they, right. they blew on people and then the whole world gets infected. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, man. You know, some things we, we no longer, um, um, use the, 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 the Socratic method or the platonic method of thinking through mm-hmm processes we believe anything we hear and that's Uh scary to me because people there was a guy a big black guy you know people think i'm a big black guy but i you know i tend to think that you know that i'm 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 in shape i'm just a little swollen you know what i'm saying (laughs) and a good swollen but anyway uh, there was a big guy i'm talking about like shaquille o'neal kind of black guy and he was a security guard at a walmart and this this young lady another another african-american lady she's very very little she's probably a size two that's little. She's a little person. She's walking out of the Walmart without a mask. So in other words, she's, I'm, I want to paint the picture. She's at the, I call them kiosk, but w- what's a better name? The, you know, when you check out the like checkout, but, like, but there's nobody there. The uh, oh, right. self checkout. Right, that's what right. it's called. The self checkout kiosk. She already has her stuff. Her stuff is in her bag. She's leaving Walmart. You follow me? She's leaving Walmart. The, the security guard is, is ticked off because she didn't have a mask on. He picks her up and body slams her. I saw that. That was horrible. Is that disgusting or what? Right. And, and, but listen, there again, the governors have what? They've deputized stupid mm. people to 
to to become their 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 foot soldiers in this disgusting. Well, there's so many good points that you, you know, bring up. This it's, is it's really horrible. brilliant. I mean, this, and I didn't do you justice because I want. I was so excited to talk to you. We just dove right in because oh, we've been doing Facebook me. Live. But <laughs> just to give you background, I mean, you, you know, in addition to your degrees and all the books that you've written and traveling around the world, I mean, one of the conversations I really do want to dive into because you said this. Um, quote on one of our Facebook lives, and I thought it was really, really pertinent. But, you know, when we were talking about freedom and some of the things that, that you brought up, um, just even the Black Lives Matter, and we haven't had a chance to really talk about that. But right. this, what they're doing, because we both have children around the same ages, so right. we're talking, you know, 17 to 30. And right. so we're, we're definitely in the throes of that and how they're being influenced and the programming, because this is through the media. This is how all this propaganda is being perpetuated. But you said on one of our other calls that freedom of religion is the greatest form of freedom of speech and being in your background as a pastor, mm -hmm. as a spiritual leader, um, you're traveling all around the world helping people. We've had multiple conversations about the spiritual leaders that aren't stepping up. That this is the first time in the history of humanity of human absolutely of humanity yeah. that the church has listened. So you're talking about the governors, yeah. like the gov and the governors, the government, and you know, I mean, we have very different spiritual beliefs. I'm right, a very right. spiritual person, but I don't have an organized religion. But I right. find this incredibly fascinating that one i mean i'm seeing the power of this religious exemption because we came together around the vaccine right, issue right. that speak to that as far as what is happening and there there again i'm so afraid i'm sore afraid because i've never i don't have a, a scope of reference there's no pericope for me to to work within when it comes to this i mean given context Every war that we fought in the world, in the entire world, I'm talking prior to the Civil War and World War II, World War One. every war, churches were open. I'm talking bombs, you know, being um, thrown out of, you know, uh, airplanes that drop bombs. And, you know, you've got people shooting our, uh, ammunition and running right. around and the church was open right. in fact the church was considered a a safety we call it Safe a refuge haven, right is a refuge for people people ran to the church they talked to their pastor they talked to their priest and they felt comforted and so this is the first time without no real imminent threat of death the threat of death is what media has been pouring into the masses Every single day. So right now, heart disease and cancer are completely ignored. In fact, they don't know, exist anymore. They don't exist anymore. And if you don't have COVID, it's not sexy. If you don't have COVID, nobody cares. If you don't have COVID, okay, fine. They died of something else. Who cares? And and I well, I even saw that motorcycle accident. I mean, there's so many of them, right? Tell that me about they, that they, one. The, the one where he it was a clear motorcycle accident. It was a COVID death. Right. I mean, oh, we're I, hearing car accidents as well. Again, right. Car accidents as well. They, you get. You know, in a car accident, you die. You went through the windshield. It's COVID, and so, and then, and then, and then, in this whole thing, oh, after they died, oh, they had traces of COVID. Even saying that is is really preying on the lack of intellect of the people. Because even the if you did, inability to have critical thinking. Yeah, because even if you did have COVID after you got in a car accident. Who cares? Do you, do you understand? I'm saying you're dead. Right. And so wh why bring it up now? But we're not talking about the people who drive into, you know, off the road because they're wearing a mask because they can't breathe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that happened on 91, and somebody hit a guardrail and, 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 and became semi-paralyzed. And, and at this point, you know, wants, his family wants recourse. Why? I mean, people are getting, I mean, we're hearing about the deaths. We're hearing about, I mean, the, the uh, even the infections people are getting from the wearing the masks. There's so many people who are saying they don't want to wear the masks and that they don't feel comfortable that they can't breathe. I mean, some people are starting to, like, even not go to work. But how is it that the majority... Of people like this, this propaganda has been, you know, I mean, I know it's being bombarded and pounded into people's brains, but there's something that's happening. I think we've talked about the grip of fear. Like, how is it that pastors aren't standing up and speaking about oh how is God. it? I mean, what? You know, let me let me tell you something. So I, I, I represent pastors all over the planet. And so and, and I do so multi ethnically and multiculturally. However, because I am a person of color, I have a juxtaposition to African-American, Afro-Caribbean pastors as well, just by virtue of the fact that I, I am a black man. And in the black community, it is scary again to see pastors not speaking to this because in the in, in in the Bible that we read, this is very, very analogous to um the mark of the beast, you know, six six six. Isn't this End what times, all the, the predictions is all the predictions and all of them have now abandoned the predictions and 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 and, and, and hope that this is true so that they don't have to be accountable for their faithlessness. You understand? So in other words um, a lot of people are, don't want to look at their own hypocrisy because hypocrisy is not doing a sin. That's, that's not what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is not doing something bad. Hypocrisy is when you preach something and then you do the opposite. There's a difference. You understand what I'm saying? Totally get so, it. So if I say, you know, that um, if, you, if you walk around with a bald head, you're going to hell. <laughs> well, I've got a bald head, right? So I'm a hypocrite. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. So, so it's it's basically when you say something, and so the the overwhelming majority of these pastors have said for years that they believe that in revelation, is- that these days were coming, that we need to prepare for it, and now that it looks very, you know, like if it's a it's if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, <laughs> it's a duck, right? It's very clear that the freedom, like for example, pastors would say to me, "Man, I'm doing better than I ever did with our our offer." And it's not that they're doing better with their offers, it's that they got government money that mm, has supplemented mm, them, which is why I call it hush money. Our ministry didn't get a dime and we didn't want a dime and we didn't apply for a dime because I'll die first before I take hush money from the government. Well, wait, to, let's to speak stop. about this hush money because I don't know. Everybody knows this is going on and I think it's going on with the hospitals. The, it's going the on Roman the Catholic Church got one point eight billion dollars. One point eight billion billion dollars. And so guess what? So the the, the, wow. the average priest, the average bishop, the average cardinal, the average archbishop wow. is not going to say anything. Why? Because, hey, I'm, I'm paying to keep you quiet. See, right now, you have to understand mm-hmm. there's, there's two dynamics working. This is, this is a unholy matrimony of media and pharmaceuticals, right? Now, mind you, the pharmaceutical industry is the number one um, um, lobbyist. In, in Congress, they pay more money for lobbyists than any industry on the planet. And so they have a lot of money to influence a lot of things. Now, check this out. Media can thank 
and I'm talking about traditional media, which I, I don't care for. Like mainstream media. Mainstream, CNNs, right. Fox, MSNBC. Um, all the ones we don't watch. All the ones we don't watch, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Those media outlets were going out of business. I know this. I'm a publisher by trade. I, I get the information from Reuters, like, you know, to the second. They were dead. They were dying. It was gone. It was, you know, forget it. Mm. There was That format was as old as the horse and buggy. Mm. Along comes a man named Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's personality, Donald Trump's bombasticness, Donald Trump's... Um, 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 way of thinking, saying things, doing things right. became such. And not, not only that, the fact that he was um, a, a star on The Apprentice became a way for the media to become revived again. Donald Trump knows this very, very well. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he uses it to his, his benefit. And I'm not mad at him for doing so. Hey, you know, if you got it like that, you got it like that. But the issue is that they were dying. But because of his brand of politics that some love and many hate, right? Um, he really gave the media new life. Mm, so to dig their teeth into Yeah, because they reported on everything. The, every media, the media helped him to become uh, president. the president. And now they're trying to help him. To not become the president. Right. Yeah, so, so, and, and so to me, I'm like, you know, how do you help him to become president? And that's fine. But now that you don't like how he's doing what he's doing, and so you want him to unbecome president. So now, what- well, well, let's let's dive a little bit into that. I mean, and, and so Trump is a, a controversial topic, especially for those of us that um, have had many other insights that have, have come to, to light. And what's happening. Um, and what's being revealed and dismantled in this, what I think is deconstructing right now is the, 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 and what I'm linking to Trump is this dismantling of the pedophile rings and all of this that goes through the church and what's really happening on be- behind the scenes because it, it seems like the COVID pandemic, it seems like the Black Lives Matter and who knows what they're going to come up next, everything they can leading up to this election that's going to keep people off of what the real issue is and why don't they want him in office? What would, What is your reason that now they've decided, whoever whoever they are, that um, absolutely they have to to make sure that that doesn't happen. I mean, first of all, I'm 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 not a registered Democrat. I'm not a registered Republican. I'm, I'm a libertarian, and so I and, and I I feel that I'm in a very tremendous position um, to look at things from a very um, unbiased side. Um, the Democratic Party historically has been the party for minorities. And they continue to bolster their position, not because they do anything for minorities, but because Mm -hmm. they tell minorities that they do things for minorities. And there's a difference, right? Thank you for that distinction. Right. I'm a registered Democrat. Right. And they they tell people that they do things for minorities, but they don't. Now, with all due respect to the origins of the party, after JFK um, was assassinated, and even during that time, um, even the Kennedy family um, sacrificed greatly for our country. And I'll never say anything other than that. They're a family that um, stuck their neck out, um, you know, figuratively not even figuratively but metaphorically on the gap you know the gallus they they stuck their neck out to get cut off on issues like civil rights on equality in ways that very few in the history of our country um has ever seen and so 
during that time in the 60s, being a Democrat was the, the, the smartest, the hottest, the best thing on the planet to do mm. because it was on the, you know, on the back of the civil rights movement. It, it came, um, um, you know, on, on the backdrop of the antebellum South and, 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 you know, Jim Crowism. And it was the only thing out there that was saying, we'll, we will give a disenfranchised uh, people and terrorized people an opportunity to um, have equality. And however that looked in the 60s, it was still better than the 50s and the 40s. Right. It was equality um, where everyone was looked at as equals. So right away, and I'm almost choking up just thinking <laughs> about it, because we, we, we put the hook out and we reel you in. But then maybe two, three, four, five years after, they started putting things behind the scenes mm-hmm. in place to disparage and further disenfranchise um, the black family. I mean, you know, they started putting, you know, laws into place that is to this day the aftermath of what we now have you know, been bequeathed as uh this mass incarceration where it doesn't right. make sense. I've, I've always said uh, that anybody that's a thinking individual will understand that the, the numbers don't lie and here they do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bl- black men make up 6.5% of the nation's population, 6.5%, but yet wow. 41% of the prisons are black males. Okay. I don't care. Listen, that's why I said that, you know, we have to have, you know, prophetic, bold, compassionate leaders that will speak truth to power. Statisticians. Come on, man. You know what I mean? If you if you're hearing this, this podcast right now, stand up, you know, email me at Dr. Aaron Lewis, Ph.D. at Gmail dot com. And let's dialogue about this, because, you know, there's no possible way that six point five percent of the country being black, right? Black male, six point five percent can do um, um, ha- nearly half the crimes. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make statistical sense. And statisticians, even economists, these are brains that I love. They know numbers, but at the same time, some of them are not bold enough to confront a system that continues to disenfranchise people based on status quo. Black people don't get it. They don't understand that the si- it's the system right. that's created that perpetuates um, racism. I've said that, um, and, and I've you know taken um, um, the hit for it, and, and I'll say it again that, and I'm not making Republicans um, racist free. That's not what I'm doing because I think that there's racism in every party. I'm a libertarian. I'm sure there's racist libertarians, right? There's racist Republicans. There's racist, there's racist uh, people. There's racist people. So I'm not making any one party. And other. really part of what we have to do is stop the, the either or white, black, Democrat, Republican, because this, this, uh, but that's what fuels the racism opposition. So is what the controlled opposition, but I, I wholeheartedly believe that both the Republican and the democratic party, um, continue this race, racial narrative to right. control the people. people. And if there's anyone that I had to say was worse, right. And I'm going to say it, here's the drum roll, where's the drum roll. Who's worse is actually the Democrats, not the Republicans, because by and large, the way that many white Republicans, 
Republicans have dealt with race issues in America is just by not dealing with it. And that's really the truth, right? They've not dealt with it and they've ignored black people by and large. But here's here's the, the clincher. I would rather be ignored by Republicans, right, than be accepted and embraced by white Democrats that behind my back is making a cyanide stew that they're going to feed me, you know, and tell me that it's, it's actually gumbo from New Orleans. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. And, and that's what I've seen is the most um, strategic. It's insidious. It's, it's insidious. The most strategic racism from from powerful and some not so powerful, but definitely politically high up, you know, um, the totem pole, white people in the Democratic Party mm-hmm. that 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 knows how this thing works and continues to perpetuate cycles of racism. Think about it this way. Generational. Generational, right? Racism. Think about it this way, right? I ran for mayor of the city of Hartford. Unfortunately, uh, people that look like me didn't vote for me. And that's that's fine. Everybody has a right to vote for who they want to vote for. And I'm not politicizing um, um, the message, but I, I, would, I just want to make this point. They didn't vote for me. I ran on education. Both of our hearts are, 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 are knit into to education. We want to see the children do well, survive, thrive in life. But but yet at the same time, they didn't vote for me. I ran as a libertarian. I talked about how I could make this city a better city. But then they voted for a Democrat who was there four years prior. Now watch this, right? And the system is just as bad, if not worse, than when he started. The education system is horrible, as is in every major city in America that's democratically run. The poverty is horrible, as in every major city in America that's democratically run. The violence is horrible in every major city that's democratically run. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe, just maybe, democratically run cities has an agenda that does not benefit its people. I'm I'm nervous seeing Democrats on this bandwagon with this whole pandemic because the the black people are not. Um, um, and I want to say this very because I love my people and I don't want to, you know, sound like Candace Owens, who's always dogging black people. So I'm not saying this in a negative sense, because I want to I want to be very clear. <laughs> I love me and the people that look like me. And so I'm not saying this disparagingly, but black people are not as informed. Is that a safe? Am, am I safe? Right. I mean, I, I think uh, it sounds good, but. <laughs> OK, OK. You think it sounds good. Are not as I informed. I think this is a really touchy topic. I mean, it's and, touchy, and but it has to be said. They're not happen. they're not informed to know who's killing them right well isn't it that kind of thing that you i mean the when you think you're feeding someone that and you're actually begging for your own enslavement that's 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 a a very very clear um example so um um Republicans have not made policies that destroy my life. Now, listen, I'm not saying that they haven't benefited off of systemic racism. I'm not saying that. I think that 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 all the parties have to a greater or lesser extent. I'm just saying that if we had to call any of the parties that the, the MVP, you know, the most valuable player, it, <laughs> it'd be the Democratic Party. And they hide behind 
um, subsistence, subsistence, welfare, um, social um, um, well, so it, programs. I mean, we're moving towards the socialist state. I mean, we're, we're, these are some of the principles. Now, let's just let's dive a little bit into Black Lives Matter because this is a touch topic. And, you know, when, when people really trace back what's happening and how this movement, is it being hijacked? I mean, we know that it's funding the Democratic Party. And people, again, go in something with good intentions. You're talking about in the 60s with RFK and all that, that people had the idea. And, and there was a point where there is a relevant conversation or there, there people are buying in. They're taking good-hearted people, like with the environmentalist movement. They really uh, struck our heart chord and got us into this climate change conversation. I think the same thing's now happening around race. People who actually really do care. But there are there being there's a manipulation. There is a intentional um, manipulation happening where it's a different story than what people think that they're buying into. I mean, I know just listening from the conversations that my children are having and the ideas that they're sharing with me that a lot of this is running through. I mean, just even looking at the Black Lives Matter and this wearing masks while you're saying I can't breathe. I mean, mm. there's so much here. So, you know, so this this is a, a huge topic. It's not really, it doesn't have to be complicated. So I, like I said, I speak to crowds all over the world, white people, Arab people, Asian, um, 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 people of the African diaspora. Just, and so when, when, when I talk, I talk as an authority and an oracle of God. It doesn't phase me. I don't care who you are, what you came from, or your background or your ethnicity. I love everybody. And if you don't love that I love everybody, I still love you. I'm, I'm good. You understand? I come from a place and position of love, but I speak truth to power. Now, there's a lot of things that we have to look at with regards to this entire movement. So, for example, Black Lives Matter. The whole problem in the beginning, not with the movement, but what with people in America that demonized the movement and still do to this day, they did so unfairly. And some people just told blatant lies about the intent of the movement and why it, it, it existed. It's very clear after Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman, right? He, he, he killed a boy that was walking down the street with Skittles and a hoodie. He did not have a gun. And George Zimmerman was not even law enforcement. He killed him and he got away with it. That narrative is a narrative that people of color have lived with for centuries, period. I'm just I'm just making this very simple, right? So they've, they've lived with that. And people of color are hurt and saddened by an America that doesn't see them as equals. Despite the hard work of Martin Luther King and people that were contemporaries of his time, Malcolm X, they don't see black people as equals. And so I've never had a problem like that because I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. So you can't mess with my esteem. But most of my people deal with that on a regular basis. And, you know, they throw it at me. I just don't catch it. But at the same time, when you when 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 people were saying black lives matter and then the average white guy in America came back with all lives matter. They have no idea how hurtful and how insensitive that retort is. Because here, here's the concept. Let me paint this plain. You have a daughter. I have a daughter, right? They both are walking through Bushnell Park, right? Mm -hmm. And in Hartford. And some guy, some brawny big guy comes out and stabs both of them and rapes them. Okay, they get they both get raped in the park. And then um, and then they survive it. You know, they get to Hartford Hospital. Then we'll take them over to St. Francis instead. We'll take them to St. Francis Hospital. They get they get 
sewed up and and you know the blood stops and they're traumatized right and we both go in to see our daughters and they're freaking out because they just got raped now then they both say well you know what our parents know each other they're cool with with each other why don't we start an organization um to bring enlightenment to the vulnerability of women and we don't want to be raped anymore like that and this guy just got away with it so we want to empower ourselves and talk about you know young woman lives matter right okay now we start in an organization called young woman lives matter now men then come out on the media and say men's lives matter now just think about the context right right they just got raped. They nearly nearly died, right? But now you got all the men saying, men's lives matter. Just think about the context of that. It's inappropriate because no one ever said that the men's life didn't matter. Right. So, so when white people say all lives matter, no one's ever said that all lives didn't matter. The reason why black people say black lives matter is because of the history all the way up until today of a vast majority of black people feeling like their lives don't matter because when police kill black people who are unarmed, it becomes an issue of because they're black, they must have been wrong. I was talking with a, a chief of police um, out in um, um, Detroit area and he's uh, African-American um, chief of police and um, and he was actually, um, we were talking just yesterday and and, and he's completely for the accountability of police. And he says that unfortunately, it's every time that it's in the black community, they find a reason. So I told him about a story that I heard some, some years ago where um, um, a police nearly beat this black young man unarmed nearly to death. I mean, maimed him, maimed him. His face is disfigured. And so this, this, is, this is what we need to, to recognize. Just think about this picture. The guy had no police record. He had never been arrested. He beat this guy mercilessly, and the guy almost died. When the guy came to, they couldn't arrest him because there was nothing to arrest him for. And so when the police was to be brought up on charges, the white community overwhelmingly came to his defense. But let me tell you what the media did before that. This is this is a true story. The media said, um, well, you know, and, and I won't say the guy's name, but such and such guy, you know, who was, you know, um, allegedly accosted by the police. Um, um, we've um, done research and found out that he has. This is what they said: a string, a string of parking tickets. I swear. Now, just just think about what I'm saying, and that he did not pay from ten years ago. Okay, so that in white America became the justification for nearly killing someone. So so it doesn't make I've never been arrested in my life. I have a I have a crystal clean record. Right. But if I were right, I'm, I don't know if I, I don't. Some people seem to think that I'm too old to be subject to police brutality. I don't know that that's true. Right. I don't I don't think anybody's too old. But the point that I'm making is that if I were arrested today. Right. What would they what reason would they try to justify? But they would try to if I had a parking ticket to. back when I had a car in 87. You know what I'm saying? When I got out right. of high school. Right. What, so living what, with that. Yeah. That fear. But. And and what you say is completely valid and re- relevant. So many of the, the the topics that you bring in, we could literally talk for hours. But 
What would you say the current status of the Black Lives Matter movement is in particular relation to this time? Like, why so here's the here's here's the deal. With all that being said, that white people need to be more understanding that Black Lives Matter and not be scared to say that. There's no, there's right. nothing that's being taken away. Right. Like a lot of white folks get nervous when you say Black Lives Matter, I'm, something's going to be taken away from me. Nothing's going to be taken away. Like I said, I'm I'm not a registered Democrat, right? I get I I don't care for the 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 handout system that keeps black people coming back for crumbs. I hate that. I think it's horrible. I think it's a bad system of the, the, the Democrats. And I think that it enslaves black, black people for years to come. I'm saying Republicans, Democrats, whoever, if you're a person who is white, just don't trip. Don't get mad. Just understand that these are people who have had a situation <laughs> that's lasted, you know, uh, at least 100 years longer than it should have. You see what I'm saying? And, and right now they're trying to be heard. Now, on the other hand, right, I, I'm going to seem like, you know, like I'm um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. On the other hand, my particular viewpoint on the Black Lives Matter movement is that they are being played. Now, okay, now everybody's going to say, oh, shucks, you know, we liked him, but now he's he pissed us off. I'm being very honest with you. They're being played by a, an agenda that's bigger than them. But here, here's the deal. Black people always get played. Right. This is not something that's that's new. Black people always become um, the um, <laughs> the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, for someone else's nonsense. And what do I do? I believe that is the Republican Party that's doing it. Absolutely not. It's a Democratic Party. That's a part of this greater agenda. That's they're, they're using the Black Lives Matter movement to push their agenda. I totally believe that. I see it as this plain as day. Right. And so, and so, you know, so to, so it, it's a crazy mixed up bad connection because, because Black Lives Matter honestly, genuinely believe that white Democrats want to see them, you know, free. And, 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 and making money and, 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 and having their own businesses and, and educating their families, not knowing that they don't. Sorry, they don't. They don't. They want to use this, mo mo this moment and this movement to push their agenda. Now, you pull out of me some stuff because we're talking so deep that some folks are probably just like, you know, you, people, you know what I'm people saying? People are getting an idea of some of the conversations that yeah, this is and, deep, and that's what we want. We want deep, real conversations. This is a very slippery time, you know. And this is, I mean, I, having five daughters, three that are biracial. I mean, and we have a lot of these discussions in our family. I think that the Black Lives Matter is a significant movement. It's a and, yes, and it also pains me to see how it's being it's being manipulated, and uh. and our younger generation, because they're the ones that are getting. The pro, you know, they're being fed this information and, and they don't have even the experience or the perspective that we do at our age at this point in time. And not to say that, you know, I respect and I want them to have their own voice, their own opinions. But I think this comes back to our core issue is around education and right. really about educating and empowering, particularly the young people, so that we can say, yes, Black Lives Matter and it's not, it's an and, it's and let's look at how this movement is being leveraged to push an agenda that is not for the benefit of 
all people and right. for the benefit of black people. Right. I mean, it's when we're not. talking about population control, we're talking about um, mandatory vaccinations that they're moving towards, and we're, they're talking about a loss of freedom. So it's, I mean, I remember being that age where you're so passionate, right? And you're, you want to get behind something. Yeah. And I love that it's mobilizing them and moving this generation. But then what do they do with action. it? Right. What are well, we doing? You, you, you march, and then after that, what? You see what I'm saying? And I, I've even written about this. Uh, uh, um, I wrote an, um, an article on the Libertarian um, um, Party is libertarian.org. And I wrote a, an article about racial healing uh, recently. And I talked about the fact that marches are I'm not I'm not making anybody feel bad that march. So don't don't you know, go, go sensitive on me, but I'm telling you that it's not the most effective method and the democratic party, if they were behind this movement and they were really for the movement, they would tell these young black people and young white people who are in solidarity with the movement, how to influence um, um, change on a legislative level. Right. They're not telling them that, you know why? Because they they are the problem. You understand what I'm saying? Why am I going to tell you how to solve the problem when I am the problem? So, so they won't tell these young people. And then they, they continue to encourage them to, to, you know, to continue to go and march 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 and march. It's and like march. a distraction in a sense. Cause it's, not, it's, it's like, it's, it's that, that it's a typical play, like focus over here. This is what the media is like. This is where we want to focus. So attention. I was speaking at a, a freedom um, event at the, um, at the Capitol in, in Hartford, Connecticut. And so while I was talking, um, um, Black Lives Matter came and they wanted to interrupt the, um, you know, the entire process. So <laughs> the, the, the organizers were a little freaking out because they gave me the mic to talk, right? So it's like, oh, shucks, do we interrupt the black guy and we're black lives that matter, right? So in their mind, they're thinking, well, geez, he's a black guy and he has a microphone, so... What do we do? So I open up speaking. Now, this is a crowd of about five or 6,000 people. Many of them were young people, black and white. And it was overwhelmingly more white young people than black uh, people that were out there marching. For so the Black Lives Matter. For the Black Lives Matter. So they, they were getting ready to interrupt me. And so I opened up by telling the story about how in 1975, I was six years old and I was in the bathtub at our house on Thomaston Street in Hartford, Connecticut. And my mother comes running in to the bathroom, screaming and crying and saying that your father's dead he's dead he's dead he's been killed by the police luckily he was not killed he was nearly beaten to death because my brother who at the time um was um about 15 years old 14 15 years old um he was running across the street from a candy store that was on woodland street and this is all in the newspaper um, to my father's apartments. He owned um, two buildings. Each of them had eight apartments. So 16 units right side by side. So he's running back over, you know, to help my dad out in his, in his apartment complex that he owns, mind you. Right. Because my dad owned a lot of property. And so the cops saw my brother running automatically. You know, this is in the 70s. said, OK, there's a black guy running. He must have stole something. And so he he ran towards my brother, started beating my brother with a bully club. My father comes outside and says, this is my son. What are, what are you doing? He says, shut up. He swears up my dad. And my dad's a, a bishop, right? He's a, he's a, he's a bishop in, in the, in, in the church of God. And they, and he immediately started beating my dad to death, right? My dad lost pints of blood to his head. 
and he almost died. It was it was a horrible time in our lives, and and it, and it really shaped my mind about um, police brutality. So I'm I'm a firsthand um, 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 vocal person against police brutality. I'm not against police in any shape, way, form, or fashion. I don't believe in defunding the police because I don't believe that's that. A whole other I don't. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I don't believe that makes um, um, sense. I believe that we need to have a better process of selecting our police. I believe that our police, uh, the training and even educational standards right. need to be lifted because you're still talking about people and, that have a and gun. The, and the racism that's prevalent. And that's prevalent, like right. Thing. And so when I told that story, you would think that all 5,000 or so of them would stay and listen to me continue to speak. After I told that story that lasted maybe five or 10 minutes, and you can, you can see this on my YouTube channel, right? They all left. Right after that. So the men and I didn't care because I, you know, I've I've preached to five people. I've preached to 20,000 people. Didn't make a difference to me. I'm a real secure black man. My steam is real strong. And so (laughs) it didn't faze me that they left, but it concerned me. And why it concerned me is because you've got a lot of young people that were. Now, just think about the context. Black Lives Matter. They're talking about George Floyd, who was killed by cops. I'm telling them I had to live the stigma for the next, you know, 45 years of my life as a black man that lived this this situation Experience. firsthand. Yeah. But listen, but the vast majority, 99.9% of them left and start going somewhere else. Now, wouldn't it seem like they would want to hear more of my story since I was victimized by my father's experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they didn't want to hear. So what made what it made me think was that and, and, and is that number one, they have no plan. They don't have a plan. They don't know what they want. They're, they don't know what they're in, demanding. In a reaction mode rather than responding. And I think Respond, that, that's, yes. that's, we, we need to have. Responses. But that's where that's where the Democratic Party wants them to be. Absolutely. So, again, it just comes back to that conversation, circling back to the point of, you know, is it. Is it accomplishing their set agenda? You know, we could literally talk for hours and and we have to have, we said we were going to (laughs) do like a weekly live and check in and we need to, we need to hold ourselves accountable to doing that because we both have a lot to say. And I think we represent, um, a lot of different voices out there and I think we we have unique voices at the same time that people literally need to hear. Before we wrap up because I I, I have to continue to keep keep things moving today. We we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, what's getting ready to happen in September. Kids going back to school the force mask um, yes. um, 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 situation. And so, and, and what I want to say to that is, is this. I, I'm, I'm with you parents that um, don't want your children to wear masks. I'm with you parents that do want your children to wear masks. And I pray that there's some level of sensibility to understand that if your child has a mask and you think that protects them, then they're fine. If your child doesn't have a mask and you think that they're fine, that's fine. That you don't have to force the kid not wearing a mask to wear one if your kid's wearing one. But we see there's definitely an agenda where all the kids have to wear a mask. All the uh, teachers have to wear masks because it's puppetry. It's puppetry. It's an agenda because if we can start training the children to be submissive and not have a voice at their early age, they're going to be voiceless for the rest of their life. And I'm telling you that 
there's there's no science. When people say the science proves that it's Absolutely. such and such, the there's no science the on it. It's right. no science that says that that it's it's protecting us from anything. And then there again, you know, shame on all of us for not doing better well, there in are, science you know, class. You said, you said before there were so, there were people that had were speaking out. There are doctors speaking out, and they're getting censored. I mean, there are. Well, listen, you know what Doctor Meehan has told me? He said there's, there's thousands now. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands, and, and they're all being they, censored. They will, Their voices they won't, are not and then, being heard. And then, listen. Um, this is where I think Trump needs to step up and get those big doctors time. out there and listen, get rid C- of CNN, um, MSNBC, Fox. Come on, g- get some balls. Right. You know what I'm saying? One, get some kahunas right. and start telling other sides of the story. When you tell one side of the story, you're always um, in a position where you're, you're not looked at as trustworthy. I'm sorry. That's all we're hearing is what they want us to hear. There again. Fear. That's a propaganda of fear. And you talk yeah. a lot more. Let's. Let's end on this place of hope, fear versus love. And how do we get into this place of faith? I think a lot of people, even that do feel similar to we do, don't have, maybe they're not feeling super solid. A lot lot of people that that have faith are wobbling right now. And I'm sure if we don't have even the pastors and and all of the faith leaders stepping up, like how can we keep people to stay strong? Well, one of the reasons why there is so much fear is because the pastors are in fear. And that's what I completely and truly believe. I believe that um, love is the answer. I mean, I've always quoted Stevie Wonder's song. He's one of my favorite artists on the planet. Love's in need of love today. And he he wrote that in the 70s. Love's in need of love today. Just think about that concept. That's what we need because right now, hate is being um, um, sold um, hook, line, and sinker. People don't even know what love is. Love always seeks to give and never ever take from people and so if you see anyone that's at a disadvantage that's not love when you take from when governments take from people to hurt them right to not empower them that's not love that's not what love looks like and listen and if and i i will even go on to say if government takes from the rich right because they just feel that they have the power to do so that's not love either and so that's why i said that we have to have a balanced approach i'm i'm certainly um not anti money and anti prosperity i believe that all people need to have um, an economic infrastructure on which to build and to grow. Everybody does. And, 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 and I'm, I really believe that we have to figure out ways to um, um, get past this fear. Um, um, but the Bible says that perfect love casts us out all fear. And right now, the reason why there's so much fear, because there's not enough love. We have to start a love evolution. We have to. Love evolution. We have to start a love evolution because that's the only thing that's going to cure our world, not America, the entire world, Mm. right? Fear makes us not love one another and, and, and go into our silos. We can't do that anymore. No isolation, come together. You know, we're doing Freedom Potlucks. I host one once a week, and it's just people coming together in community. Isolation is um, detrimental. It's very much so. And every, every, every psychologist, absolutely, every psychologist 
you know, will tell you how bad isolation is. It's not good for you. It's not good for the mind. It's not good for children. It's, it's, it's horrific to social and mental One development. One it's part of the strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is part of the strategy. Well, I was so grateful to have this time with you today, actually Absolutely. in person. We Absolutely. are sitting here in person, <laughs> eye to eye, knee to knee here, just like sharing this message. And we're going to continue doing this. Yeah, we're we're not isolated. We're going to love evolution. We're definitely not isolating today. <laughs> And um, it's such an honor to have you here on the show, and uh, there will be more to come. So Dr. Aaron Lewis, to get in touch with you, we're working on getting all your social media stuff, but D-R-A-A-R-L-E-W-I-S. Dr. Aaron Lewis, Ph.D. Oh, how are we doing? How was the email? D-R-A-A-R-O-N-L-E-W-I-S, Ph.D. at gmail.com. You can... Check me out on Facebook if you see a really, really handsome, bald head, um, black dude. That's me. You understand? That's me. I got a suit and tie on. That's me. And, and click and become my friend on Facebook. Check me out on YouTube. He's busy, though. I have to tell you. He's I'm, hard to I'm, track down. He's I'm flying all always, over. And I want to talk to you more about travel and what's yeah, happening. Absolutely. Travel atrocities as for those of us that like to get around because you're going around and speaking to people all over, all over the, the place, place. And, and even even with travel that that economic sector is is the, the plan is that the government's going to take it over because there's no sustainable model for them to continue to well, alienate the masses that they make money from in the name of public safety. So what, what's going to eventually happen is going to be a takeover by by the federal government. So we have to guard, like I, like you said, it's just so much for us to That's talk about. Topic. That's a whole other topic. We just got to we got to we got to end on love. We got to love somebody love today. Evolution. Lo- love evolution. That's love where we you, are. Dr. Absolutely, Lewis. love you back. All right, love you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. There's more to come.